Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. There are things that should not be. Copycat killers. They exist. Those who are compelled to turn bloody fiction into a real-life horror story. He was inspired by the Joker. They do it because the acts give them power and control. The life is together. Life imitates art. And unfortunately, so does death. Real than Podcast One, who brought you Murder Made Me Famous, comes the next great true crime podcast. Copycat Killers. Join host Dr. J. Buzz Von Orensteiner as he analyzes true crimes based on Hollywood hits. New episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Dan Patrick. Season's greetings from all of us at the Dan Patrick Show. Only the best people work on holidays. Dan and the Danettes are off. That's what we do for holidays. <laughs> but the Dan Patrick Show continues straight on into 2020. Uh, who here has their house decorated? Yeah, we got all kinds of special things that we have like around the door. And Can you bring in a snowflakes. picture? Yeah, I can take a picture. Yeah. He brings in a company to decorate his house for Christmas. I, I think I'm less lazy more just I just know my limitations and I can't. Uh, you can't hang. Some, something of it, another man can. That's correct. But the playoffs are approaching, and college bowl season is here. From the Mercedes-Benz Studios in Los Angeles, this is the Dan Patrick Show. It is the Dan Patrick Show, but I am not Dan Patrick. I am Chris Broussard, and alongside me is my man, Kelvin Washington. And we are bringing you the Dan Patrick Show and having a ball doing it. We got two hours down, and this is the last one, so we're going to bring the heat. We got plenty of football, NFL, and NBA to talk. We got Chris Jeter McGree, the Lakers pre- and post-game host for Spectrum Spectrum Sportsnet LA, and he will join us at the bottom of the hour, so stay tuned for that. Chris Geeter McGree. Geeter McGee, yeah, that's my guy. Like, yeah, you know, that's I work with him. That's my guy, so... Uh, be looking forward to talking to him. By the way, you've never met a better Christmas get the party hype host than Chris Geeter McGee. That's all. Really? I can't. I can't give you more because what okay. happens at Spectrum stays at Spectrum. I can't give you, you know. <laughs> but I'll just tell you that there is no one greater. Like literally, when my well, let me do the math on that. If I carry my two divided by six, okay, he might be starting to reach a little too old. So I was going to say host my daughter's weddings and, you know, when they get married at some point. But any event I need a host. He going he to be old, man. Yeah. Your daughters are one in three. Yeah. Peter is going to be old. <laughs> you know what? Don't just listen. Do it. 70 will be the new 50 then, all right? So let's, hey, I don't doubt it because 50 know. is the new 35. Y'all get a little carried away. Y'all get a little carried away. It's not the new No, it, it really is because, uh, uh, I mean, think about it. Jay, if Jay-Z was in the club tonight. For New Year's Eve, no one would think twice, right? Right. And He's how old is 50. Jay-Z? He just turned 50, 50 December 4th. 
Only reason why I know that because he had a great song called December 4th. And, yeah, see, Rob, Rob G just threw his hands up. December 4th was one of his best songs, and that was about the day he was born. So, um, point is, he'll be 50 in the club popping bottles. And I remember roasting that guy when I was 18, 20 years old, right? You roast a 50-year-old in the club, but now you're used to it. You know, you see Rob Parker all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was 18, 33 was old. Oh, 33 sure. was old. Like, dang, 33. Wow. What yeah. did you do? No, yeah. I, you're right. I remember my mom threw a, threw a big 30th birthday party. And I was like, man, you know, it's only downhill from here, mom. Like, <laughs> you're, you're right. 30. Right. Man, my goodness. You realize age truly isn't anything but a number. And also, you know, one of the things we'll say that we can move on, my wife and I always say is, you're you're just you. When you're a kid, you're like, oh, that 60-year-old, that 70-year-old, you think, like, something changed. Yeah, you might not be as spry as you once were. You're still you, like, your mind, right. your being, your spirit. So, like, it's just I'm in this 50, 60, 70-year-old body. Been around but longer. I'm just, I'm still just me. Like, I, I feel, that's why you hear people who are like, I'm 70, but I feel like I'm 40. Like, because mentally, you're like, I'm still me. And well, that's, age that's how you end up too. being the old man in the club, as you were alluding to. Now, Jay-Z can get away with it. Can Rob Parker? I'm not so sure. Yeah, Rob, dude, he kind of moves a little <laughs> old, too, up in there. I, I, you know what? Whenever we go to our little journal, journal convention, shout out to NABJ, uh, I always try to, I try to help him a little. You know, I try to help him. Because there's a lot of old people at that. I'm old, too, by the way, at that point. Well, I would, yeah. uh, by old school standards, I'm too old to be in a club. 38. That's how old you are, 38? Yeah, I'm 38. You a young buck, man. But, again, to your point, the 33-year-old was old in the club, so, you know, now I'm 38. Not that I'm in the club like that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you could be. Mm, All right, speaking of in the cases. club, speaking of in the club, there is a club down in Dallas. And uh, I tell you what, if you can get in it, it's a pretty good place to be. Apparently, there's a lot of job security in that club, and that club is Jerry Jones's friend club. All right, and Jason Garrett is in it. He is a card-carrying member, and that is why two days after the Dallas Cowboys' disappointing season ends, tragically disappointing season, you paid Ezekiel Elliott, you paid Demarcus Lawrence, you paid all these guys, and what do you get for it? Nothing. And yet Jason Garrett still is the head coach. We had Nui Scruggs on from NBC Dallas down on last hour, he broke it down. I mean, I don't have to go through. I, I don't need nobody needs to be convinced as to why Jason Garrett should be relieved of his duties. So I'm not even going to go that route. But to date, he has not been released, and he's meeting with Jerry Jones today. I think it's academic. I think they're probably reassigning, give him a new title for the next two weeks. And they won't have to use the word fired. And then in, come January 14th, they just won't renew his contract. And uh, even before that, they'll get on with the coaching search. But uh, they got other fish to fry as well. And one of them is the quarterback. Mm. Dak Prescott, not yet signed. And Kelvin, I want to know from you, what would you do with Dak? Well, I'm looking at it right now, 4,900 yards, uh, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's a very good season. Obviously, the, the numbers that 
don't bowl well for him is eight and eight. You want more from that. Well, if I told he was you, fourth in QBR as well. Yeah, fourth in QBR, 65% completion percentage. If I told you all of that, you would hope that, you know, you'd be 10 and six with that kind of, those kind of numbers, you know. Uh, I think Dak Prescott is only getting better. I think Dak Prescott is a guy you want as a face of your franchise when it comes to handling, handling obstacles. You got to give the young man credit. He's got an owner that won't get out of the way. He's got a coach that really ain't a coach. And yet he's been able to say the right things, do the right things, and kind of show up and, and prove that he has the talent to be a franchise-winning quarterback. Now, he did not perform at moments when you needed him to or when you needed him to make that not play. Not this year. Not that this year. I have to I have to be, you know, real on that. Um, but the fact of the matter is we've seen you can win with less, right? Again, Tom Brady becomes the GOAT, but Tom Brady wasn't the GOAT, and let's not act like we even thought he was those first few Super Bowls. We thought, okay, he'll be a good game manager. At best, he'll be a good quarterback. Let's not you act like we thought, knew. Go ahead, go ahead. Quickly, because I, I want to hear your, your thoughts, but when I first started thinking that he could be the GOAT or become the GOAT was in 2007 when he was teamed with Randy Moss. Right, oh, for and sure. I, I said, hold up. I said, you give this guy some real talent? Because look, look at the guys, look at the receivers that he won championships with in, in his first three years. He won titles. I mean, Reese Caldwell. Like, Troy it's, Brown, it's, Daniel yeah, Branch. And, and, and Troy Brown was solid. And, and yeah, Deion Branch. Branch, Deion Deion Branch, Branch. Yeah. Solid. But, you know, they weren't all pros. And so I said, wow. You give him some major talent like Peyton Manning has had, like Joe Montana had, like Steve Young had, and this dude's breaking records. And that's when I started to think, he could, if he keeps this up, he could become the GOAT, and obviously, you know, he's done that with the Super Bowls and stuff. So let's say something. I want to go back to something you just mentioned. You just said Tom Brady was doing all of that without talent, right, without big-name talent at the receivers. Right. And then and you, you mentioned, agree, right? Oh, without a doubt. And then you mentioned Joe Montana. You said, oh, Joe Montana, Steve Young. And one of the things that I would say is Tom Brady, and some would say I think this way. I can't wait for the, the documentary to come out in 10, 15 years between he and Bill Belichick because I think there is an element of them who both have enjoyed working with one another and have enjoyed, enjoyed the success that they've been able to sustain because of one another. But I don't think people, they like that. I think Bill Belichick, Part of him wants to say, I can do this without him. You saw me win some games with Jacoby Brissett, who is a solid, good quarterback, not great. You saw me do it with Jimmy G. You saw me do it with Matt Castle. I can win with anybody. Now, it helps that I have a Tom Brady, but I can win without any with anybody. And I think a part of Tom Brady, maybe he won't end his career in New England. To go somewhere and have a Peyton Manning-like moment where he can say, see, I could have won elsewhere without Bill Belichick. I said all that to say regardless of those facts, they were together and they were able to have success. You had Walsh and Montana. You've had a lot of pairings with good quarterbacks and good coaches. You know, Ben Roethlisberger's had Mike Tomlin, a stable situation in Pittsburgh. What would Dak Prescott do with an actual head coach? So while we've been critical, and I know your boy Rob's hard on him and all of that, if he actually had a coach, if he actually had a system where he was continuing to develop, continuing to not only him, but a whole, as a whole, the team was developing, heading in the right direction, 
how much better could he be and how much more success could Dak Prescott have as your starting quarterback? Look at Sean Payton and Drew Brees. So many of these guys are linked with a head coach. It works together hand-in-hand because you're creating Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. It's not just about me and you. You're also creating a great defense, a great special teams, a great culture, and that's why we are having success. So Dak Prescott, I would go ahead and invest him. Now, am I paying the man $40 million? Pump the brakes. Hold on. I can't do all that. Well, see, that's the question because, I, look, Rob, as you said, on my partner on the eye, couple, Rob Parker, he likes to argue that they don't believe in Dak. That's why they haven't paid him. No, that's not the issue. The issue, I believe, and this is based on some of the reporting out there, is that Dak wants like $40 million a year. And Dak feels like, look, I know it looks crazy now, but first of all, I've been underpaid for my four years. We all know that. Secondly, the cap is the salary cap is just rising, rising, rising. And so in two years, that 40 million is not going to look that bad. I, even that being the case, I still would only want like right now, if I'm negotiating for the Cowboys, I'm like, look, we're paying, we'll pay you 35 million. And they may have already done that, but we'll give you Jared Goff money. We'll give you top of the line money right now. But you are, we are not giving you 40. And I, look, you hate to get contentious, but at some point it's got to be like, look, we we got your franchise rights. Yeah. Do you want to play for $27 million on the franchise tag and then $31 million next year? Because you got a ball. It's not like you can be salty, oh, they franchise me, I didn't get my money, and you can just go out there and lay an egg. No. If you want the money going forward, you bet to produce. And so, I look, Dak, I love, I, I'm with you. I'm a Dak fan. I know he's not the most gifted passer of the football, but he's a good passer of the football. He's got all the intangibles, and you mentioned it. When you look at Tom Brady and Joe Montana, the two guys that are really in the discussion for the GOAT, is it the physical gifts that make them the GOAT? No. It is the intangibles that they had combined with good physical tools. And I think Dak has all those intangibles. And so I would be willing to pay him, but he he I'm not breaking the bank. I'm not setting the market, as Stephen Jones has said. Certainly not setting the market by $5 million a year to, to bring back Dak. I'm just looking at the highest list, and we got a break here. But I'm looking at some of these guys, Kirk Cousins, who, you know, he's had some success, and I think he's a solid to good, really, you know, good quarterback. Carson Wentz, I I mean, I keep hearing how great he is, but, you know, and I, I think he is hyper-talented, but, yeah, you know, all right, Carson Wentz. Then you get to Matt Stafford. And Carson's at around, what, 33 a year? Yeah, Carson like is at 32. You got guys like Kirk Cousins at 28. Jimmy Garoppolo is at 27.5. Matt Stafford, 27. And think of how much those, that money looked like when they got signed. Exactly, that's, that's at that time. Derek, that was just a few years ago. Derek, you got Derek Carr at $25 million. You got Alex Smith at 24 So, you know, my point is these, there's a bunch of guys who at the time were making the most, you know, the newest big contract, the newest highest paid guy. And I, so I get Dak feeling like, why am I not next? I'm equal to their talent, if not in some cases we'll better. Make you the high, if they give him 35 that's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is at 35 Yeah, he's at 35 correct. I'm putting you on the level of Russell Wilson. Deal with it. I mean, come on. Russell Wilson's better than Dak. He has been much more proven. Agreed. Um, so I think that's an agreement. Dak said he wanted 
more than 30. They offered him 30. And then, so 35 is like a compromise. Let's meet in the middle. We didn't make the postseason. You did have a really good season. Not great, but you did. We didn't win a lot of games against good teams. You put up teams. a lot of numbers, but something we're realizing now, Kelvin, that yards in a season, total yards, isn't the best way to quantify a good season. No, it's going to have to be Be, beating the team when I needed you to. Through over five. Right. And and a lot of that yardage, you're down early, and so you got to pass the ball. And if you're down big enough, the opponent is letting you have those underpasses. You know, all that yardage, as long as you don't score points or score them quickly. So that's part of it, too, with Dak's numbers. But the QBR, which supposedly takes everything into context, is high on him. So... All right, there's plenty so of you pay him time to talk about that. Yeah, I pay him 35. All right, we and agree. if he doesn't, if he won't take the 35, I'm franchised. Yeah, we agree. We agree. And I'm gonna hope that you know, I'm gonna hope that's the year we get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> we get to the Super Bowl that year. I'm with I'm with 35 is a, is a fair compromise. Yep. Yep. All right, LeBron James and Tom Brady are two of the greatest to ever do it in their respective sports, but only one can hold the title as the greatest athlete of this decade. We'll tell you who it is next. I'm Chris Broussard. He's Kelvin Washington. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Everybody's got a to-do list. I get one from my wife, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, figure out something to get out of the house so I can relax. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Do you like extra money in your pocket? Do you like not having to drive somewhere to pick something up? This is the way to do it. It just may be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. That's Geico.com. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. If you don't know me by now, I doubt you'll ever know me. Never won a Grammy, won't win a Tony. You know what that is, Calvin? Ferris One. You know that's that's from that song. The yeah, just playing. Yeah, for sure. This one, I'm just just testing you. No, that's come on, all, man. You're a young this classic one. This testing. this is automatic bars. When you hear this, it makes you want to rap. I don't care who you are. You could be a grandfather sipping lemonade in a rocking chair. You might have to have bust a rhyme. When you hear this. You might have to drop sixteen. Right? Uh, Yo, listen, it is the don't give me that you give you the best of the decade bars right now, CB. You don't want that. Oh, you rhyme? Come on, come on man. I thought only Eminem was the only brother from Detroit that could rap. Don't, 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 do, don't do Detroit like that. Like <laughs> Big Sean, like T Grizzly. Uh, who who? Else? Nah, Royce the 5'9 is arguing. Roy, now, Royce the 5'9 is high. You know the issue with Royce the 5'9, who I, I have had the you know, pleasure of being around a few times? He is like an athlete. He's Tracy McGrady. Uh, he's, you could even, some would say Aaron Rodgers. He does it, wait, wait, he wait, makes wait, it so wait, easily. Wait, 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 wait. I, I like Royce the 5'9". But Tracy McGrady and Aaron Rodgers? What I was saying was come on, ability. He has their ability. He's that great. I wouldn't put him on that level. He's dope, but no. No, ability, no. he is that great. It's just he makes it so effortless and easy that there's no, like, you don't feel the passion. Up until this most recent album, his Book of Ryan, you didn't feel the passion. You're like, eh, 
It's kind of like, all right, because it was too easy, too effortless. Like, I'm about to put the greatest 16 bars together, and you'll just go, wow, that was nice, but eh, move on. There has to be some umph to it, right? You got to feel it. I got to feel the passion. I got to feel your grind. You've been through it. Or some swag, one or the other. I, I, I'll, I'll give that to you. You 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 bigging up your homeboy. I'll give don't you that. And, I, and again, I like Royce the Five Nine, but no, right, he's you know, not Aaron. There's Rodgers. your homework. When the next time we do a show, he's your homework. Go. Your homework is the Book of Ryan. That is the name of his. Most now, I mean, I like. I've heard Royce the Five. I haven't heard this album, but yeah, check I, out this I've album. heard this. This stuff. is he's his nice, best album. But no, we will no, we will not, digress. Not, not Aaron Rodgers. Whatever. Not by the way, by the way. Cincinnati, Cleveland, Ohio. Y'all don't have much over there. I'm trying to think. What y'all got? Y'all got Bone Thugs and Harmony? <laughs> Cleveland had Bone Thugs and Harmony. I'm from all over, though. I claim Louisiana. That you born did. in Louisiana. Well, if you're not claiming New Orleans, I can't give you any. Live in New York right now. You all know right. who we claim in Ohio? Uh, I'm trying to You think. know who we claim in Ohio since you bringing up Aaron Rodgers and Goats and all that? We claim, in fact, not even just Ohio, Northeast Ohio. Okay. We claim LeBron James. Well, How about that? You got me How there. How about that? You got me there. I can't only that's, that's a mic drop right there. We got Magic Johnson in the state of Michigan. That I'll will take be our LeBron. Goal. That will be our. I goal. like Ma- Magic is awesome. I'll take LeBron, and yeah. I think you would too. I no argument. I have no argument. <laughs> Can I just take him too and just say Midwest? Can I claim him too? Midwest, depending we'll on him. the argument, who you arguing with? Yeah. All right. You can. You can. You can't in my, our argument because we both from the Midwest. But when you argue with Rob, who's from the East Coast, yeah, you can do that. He probably claims oh. Jordan, too, even though Jordan was only born in Brooklyn and then right. left to North Carolina. If we're doing that, then we'll take Steph, too, from Akron. Born in Akron. Oh, then, yeah, y'all balling, then. Ohio yeah, is balling. Not, not reared, but born. Y'all born. balling. All right, but let's get to the news about LeBron. He was named the AP Athlete of the Decade. Any Any problem with that on your part? No, but I could see why you would make an argument for two to three other people. There's one glaring obvious one, which would be Tom Brady. Um, and I think he's the only one that has a very strong case. I would say there are two others who I could make a case for, and, and Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps. Um but I think it's easier to, to dismiss them because of sports they are participating in. We only care about every four years. We don't care about it every year. In fact, I don't even know. Like, is you saying is he in season right now? Is are either of them running right. or swimming? I don't even know. I just know when the Summer Olympics come around, I want to see those two. Um, and obviously, I think they're both retired um, right now. But my point is, as far as ability and what they've done and how they dominate their sports, those two could have a case. But Tom Brady is the really only other one where you would say, all right, he gave LeBron a run for his money. So I'm okay I'm okay with it being LeBron, but if I could see someone saying Tom Brady. Yeah, um I'm I'm fine with LeBron. I actually think it is LeBron. I think they got this right. And here's the thing, LeBron, three NBA championships, Tom Brady, three Super Bowls. LeBron, eight straight, this is what does it for him, eight yep. straight NBA finals. Tom Brady made two other Super Bowls in the decade. So he went to five Super Bowls. LeBron went to eight NBA Finals. LeBron, three-time league MVP. Um, eight-time All-NBA first team. And you say, well, eight-time. So he missed it. This year hasn't been named yet. What was the other year he could have missed it? Well, he was hurt last year. Yeah, last year. So, last year was a yeah. yeah. So basically every year, and then off the field, I mean, he 
started with the decision, he inaugurated this era of player empowerment that has taken the NBA by storm. Whether you like it or not, it's changed the league. And actually, even, you know, other athletes and other sports are trying to look, starting to look at it and seeing if they can duplicate it. So I think that, you know, all that he's done off the field, I mean, the school and I promise school and his business endeavors, without that, he's still the athlete of the decade in my view. But with it, it adds more on, you know, all that he spoke out about Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Supporting Kaepernick, and he's got the TV shows, the shop. I mean, he's just, he's really the trendsetter. You look at all these guys, Kevin Durant with the boardroom, and and Steph Curry, I think, has a production company. A lot of players trying to start production companies. and Like, they're all following LeBron. No no doubt. It, it, the reason why it's LeBron is you just mentioned a multitude of things, but I'll, I'll actually even just want to, if you want to keep it on to the field of play, in his case, on the court, uh, what he's able to do, Tom Brady, we didn't necessarily say was the best player. You might say he's the best quarterback or the best po- in position to win a particular season, but you didn't necessarily say he was the best player. For instance, if you just watch his own peers, they do their top 100. Calvin Johnson has been there. Uh, uh, what's your boy? Aaron Donald's been there. You know, there have been yeah. other players. J.J. Watt maybe, I'm assuming. But I think Calvin uh, – John, uh, not Calvin Johnson, but some other players have been the number one Aaron Rodgers players. Whereas LeBron, if you took a poll for the last decade, 10 years, he probably won eight, and the only other two might have been, you know, maybe Kevin Durant one year, maybe Steph Curry one year of the best players in the NBA. Right. So I think it was like he flat out was the best player in his own league for that decade, whereas Tom Brady we knew was one of the best, or you could say maybe the best quarterback, but not necessarily the best player or one of the best players. Um, they both have had great team success. But I think you feel this is the other determining factor. You mentioned going to eight straight finals. I would also add the, the you can see the magnitude of LeBron leaving a team. When LeBron leaves Cleveland the first time, they get three number one picks in a row because they're that bad. LeBron right. goes to the Heat, instantaneously they go to the finals. LeBron leaves the Heat. We don't hear from them for quite some time. He goes to the back to the Cavs. They immediately get right back on a roll and go all of a sudden to the finals. What was it? Four years in a row. And they end up winning one coming back on three, one. So you, I think that also both, you know, is in favor of LeBron is you see the immediate impact of him either leaving a franchise or coming and think about even the Lakers last year was a bad year, but he's injured. They didn't really have any talent. Now that he's got when he got hurt, exactly four C when he got hurt. And then it changed the trajectory of the team this year, healthy with AD, their number one seed in the West. So no player, and this is one, I think Jordan is the GOAT and LeBron's number two, but this is one thing he does actually have over Jordan, is that there's never been a player that could make so much out of so little. You you take LeBron to any team, and they're going to be really good, like a playoff team. Right. And Michael Jordan, when he first retired from the Bulls, they had won 57 games and won the championship. The first year without him, they won 55. And so that is something that LeBron has over Michael in that regard. Uh, obviously, he hasn't been able to lift teams to the most teams to the ultimate peak, which is winning the championship. And that's what Jordan was able to do. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you for all those reasons. I mean, 
I, I, my first thought when, when I saw the list was, man, Michael Phelps has an argument. The most decorated Olympian, you know, swimmer ever. I mean, it, it's unbelievable what he did. And then Usain Bolt, usually, you know this, Kelvin, in track and field, the difference between gold and finishing out of the medal group is like two-tenths of a second. Right. Three-tenths of a second. This dude broke the the world record. I mean, the world record is what? Was a nine eight nine seven? He's running nine five. I and, mean, and looking back and laughing at guys yeah, and taking like, pictures. I, I was mad. Like, dude, you you could have run nine four or something. Nine three. Well, I mean, I, I was I wasn't mad though, CB, because he gave us one of the greatest memes of all time. When they get the, him doing that man, pose, man, forget and then the, a meme. I want a rec. Uh, he got the record anyway. Man, I look. But I up. want the I want the absolute fastest he can run. Those you know are the two. No, for sure. Those are the other two. It's Tom Brady, Phelps, and Usain Bolt. When you ask who could be mentioned as the best, you know, male athlete of the decade, those are. The, I don't think there's really anyone else that even has a chance. It's those guys. Uh, but again, because we only care about those sports every four years, that automatically right. dismissed them. And it comes down to Tom Brady and LeBron James, and it's been simply LeBron. And speaking of LeBron, CB, we have a guest on the Dan Pactor show with Chris Broussard, Kelvin Washington, somebody I see practically every day working at Spectrum News 1, part of the Spectrum family's Chris Geter McGee. Not only is he with us, he's joining us on vacation, Chris Broussard, from Hawaii. Wow. What's up, That's Geter? dedication. Listen, listen, when I get the text that Chris Broussard and Kelvin Washington are hosting the Dan Patrick show, number one, it's the only way I'm ever getting on the show. I got to say yes. <laughs> Cut it out, Geter. Hey, Geter, man, it's, it's great having you with us. And again, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and the yes, family, Merry man. Christmas. Glad Happy you guys holidays. are getting some vacation time. You work so hard. Yeah, we are, uh, we're actually heading to uh, YMA Bay. It's 25 feet uh, to surf. So I got my daughters and my wife, and we're heading to go check it out. Hey, take, awesome. now listen, man. Take right, we gonna out agree there. with you before that because I got some serious questions. But go, go ahead, Kevin. I got a serious question. Well, he's got a serious one. I wanted you to jump in quickly, uh, Geter. We were just talking about LeBron. Is obviously you've been around him now for a couple yep. of seasons. You, of course, working for Spectrum Sportsnet and covering the games. Um, is he the male athlete of the decade? Do you have no problems with that? Is it easy him, or was it a close call? What's your take? Uh, I love the names that you guys brought up. But I think you're right. In the end, I think it's LeBron James. When I look at what he's done in the NBA, uh, eighth straight finals, I just still can't wrap my head around that one sometimes. I know James and I on set sometimes, that'll always come up. And you just think about what he's done and, and uh, climbing. Uh, what The other night he becomes the first guy to get 9,000 assists and 9,000 rebounds. And he's also a guy that has a chance to catch Kareem, and he's not even a scorer, apparently, in his eyes. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, Tom Brady, Usain Bolt for sure, but, but i definitely go with LeBron. All right, Geeter. Um, I, going into this season, I said the L.A. Clippers deserve to be the favorite to win the title. I said on paper, they look like the best team, mm -hmm. but I picked the Lakers to win it because I felt like LeBron James with, you know, people thought he was done, and the injury, and he's not the best player in the world anymore. All of that motivation, not to mention having Anthony Davis and a good supporting cast, I said, I think LeBron will pull this off and get them past the Clippers. I have been incredibly disappointed, not just in the Lakers' in performance against the Clippers, but LeBron in particular. I think neither game, he was aggressive, he, he just didn't bring his A game. Talk about that and tell me why, if you believe so, 
the Lakers can indeed beat the Clippers in the playoffs and win the championship. CB, I'm with you on that, and 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 Kelvin will tell you how frustrated I am because when it comes to the Clippers, we, uh, you know, they don't mix with me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they don't. I'm a lifelong you, you Lakers or Clippers, yeah. one or the other, right? No, but but I'll but I'll be honest with you. I, I I've been, I don't know if I've been more impressed with them down the stretch and what Kawhi's been able to do, or more disappointed in how the Lakers have closed against them. Because I agree with you, and, and, and I don't know. I don't know why, but. I started after last game giving the Clippers a little more credit defensively. Uh, maybe they were making things tougher on LeBron because, I, I don't know, Chris, in both times I feel like they've settled for bad shots in the second yep. half. And, you know, AD way off his mark, you know, where he's he's getting balls 18 to 19 feet out of his back to the basket. Patrick Beverly does some things to disrupt LeBron. You know, it's like I'll never forget the first play of that first game, opening night. LeBron goes right past him and dunks. It might have been the worst thing to happen because then – LeBron was just kind of isoed on him and, and, and pounding the ball instead of moving it and running those high pick and rolls. And I, I, the, the one thing I noticed, Chris, at the end of that last game that, that really surprised me where I think we all started to say something going on, he didn't attack it right. at all. It, and that, yep. to me, is when, when LeBron is going, and, and, and I'm with you, I think when it comes to a playoff series and a seven-game series, I lean the Lakers because of that, too. Like, LeBron, he knows he's 35. He knows the window that he has. I think he wills his way. But but it surprised me that we didn't see him get to the rack. Like you saw the last two games. He did it against Dallas, did it against Portland. So I'm surprised. Yeah. I really am, too. Hey, Chris Geter McGee is with the Spectrum Sports Net, always covering the pre and post games of the Lakers. Uh, let's let's stay with the Lakers right now. And what what about the relationship, or at least the role that Kyle Kuzma has played, or maybe some would say maybe lack thereof, or do you think he's finally starting to get his legs underneath him from being injured and kind of finding his way with Anthony Davis now on a team in association to LeBron, who we had to get accustomed to playing with last year? Where is Kuzma right now for you? I, I think it's a number of things, and, and you guys know a lot about hoops, so I, I think you'll be on, 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 on the same page as me with this one. I, I try to tell a lot of people, at the end of the year, number one, when you're not healthy and you're not right, it's a struggle anyway. But then to play along two superstars, it's different. I mean, ask Kevin Love when he went to Cleveland. Uh, ask Chris Bosh when he went to Miami. Listen, Kyle Kuzma was getting 16, 17, 18 shots a game last year, playing on a mediocre team where he's the guy. Now, all of a sudden, you're trying to fit in on a really good basketball team where there are two superstars who are getting that, those many shots, and you're not. He was only getting nine shots a game. The last three games or four games, I think he's averaging, what, 15 to 17 shots per game. Big difference big opportunity yes i think he's healthier but i also think he had to get his mind right and figure out his role and his rhythm and he just wasn't there and little things would happen the ankle the ribs uh the, the stress fracture not the stress fracture the, the um strain that he had in his calf so all those things i think combined with the fact that he was trying to find his way uh you you, you can't underrate that you know learning how to just you know wait for that ball sometimes instead of you know, being able to go get it and run your own stuff. So what, what I've noticed though, a couple games, I don't know if you've seen this too, but he's getting more of those off-ball cuts, easy buckets, four to six points per game on that. Then that opens up the three, hits a couple of those. Next thing you know, he's up to 12 to 15 pretty quickly. So it's good to see Kuz getting going. Cause I'll tell you what, they're going to need him. Because when you talk about the Clippers, they have three guys that can run the pick and roll. Right. And they can shoot the basketball and create with five seconds left on that shot clock. Lou Williams, Paul George, and Kawhi. LeBron's the one guy that can do that. But if Kuz is heating up and Kuz is good, man, that adds a different element to the Lakers. And they're going to need that when you play a team like the Clippers. 
Do you know, like, what their plan is for him? Do they envision him as he gets his legs under him and, you know, fully is back from the injury that he could be a starter? Because I agree with you. I think, one, I think he's got a lot of dog in him. He's not afraid to take the big shot, which I think they need. Um, so I could see him, you know, being out, needing to be out on the floor with AD and LeBron. Do you think they see him with the closing team uh, and or starting at some point? Chris, I think you bring up a great point. I, I said that, and I remember when I, when I thought he found that dog, and when, when I think we all saw that dog in him, and I'd love to use that term, was that first game in summer league when he was a rookie. You're like, oh, my God, this guy's not afraid of anything. Right. So I, I, I've loved that about Kyle Kuzma. To answer your question, I think he's more in that closing lineup when you slide AD to the five, and I think he's best at the four. But I don't like starting that way because if you look at the – you know, they need help – guarding on that perimeter. That, 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 that's been the hardest thing these last couple of years. LeBron's not going to be that guy all game. That's why you need two other guards, whether it's KCP, Avery Bradley, Danny Green and Avery Bradley, Danny Green and KCP. So I like the way they start with JaVale. I love what they're doing with Dwight, but I love Case, uh, sorry, Kuzma more in that closing lineup, last 550 of the game. Now you bring him in with, uh, with AD and LeBron. Peter, let me ask you about uh, the, the Lakers typically – you know, they like to do sexy things, right? It's L.A., it's Hollywood, the Lakers have had so much sustained success. Uh, but then they bring in Frank, Go Frank Vogel, and it's kind of like, eh, everyone's like, eh. But all of a sudden, you see their number one seed in the West, and they actually have been very good defensively for the most part of the season. What is Frank's, I guess, the turnaround for this team? Obviously having A.D. and LeBron help, but have you been pleased with what his defensive mind has brought to this team and organization? Yeah, Frank's cool. I remember sitting with him. I, I didn't know him at all. Sat with him and did one of our uh, Connected With interviews late in the summer. Um, really impressed how he carries himself, how you, you kind of hit it on the head. It, 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 it's not Hollywood. And I think they needed to get away from from drama and, and, and from everything. I know that's probably been boring for, for, for everyone in radio and TV, but it's been actually nice that there's been no <laughs> issues and nothing popping up. And, and, and I'll be honest, I think – He's done a really good job, and I don't know the ins and outs of how that staff got put together, um, but I know it was a big topic going into training camp, but we haven't even talked about it. Um, you know, Jason Kidd on the bench, uh, Lionel Hollins on the bench, Phil Handy, who I think is one of the best uh, on the bench, and, and they've just brought this, like, veteran-style, no-nonsense, um, smart, make adjustments when you have to, defensive-minded uh, staff that I think all the guys respect, and and, and I got to give Frank a lot of credit, man. It is not easy. I mean, listen, the roster is what it is. It's it's so much better than we saw the last few years, and and, and that's just the truth. And and Chris, Kelvin, you guys know you need players to win in this league, but it's also really hard to coach superstars and and to make everything fit. And and Frank Vogel's done a nice job of that early in this season when when really this team. You know, it's still developing chemistry. So I, I, I give Frank and that staff a lot of credit. Geeter, they, I think among the teams that would like to get Andre Iguodala, I think the Lakers could use him the most. You know, another perimeter defender, as you mentioned, that they need. But how active do you think they'll be, you know, take Iguodala out of the mix in trying to make a move uh, around, you know, before the trade deadline? And what do you think they feel like? What do they feel like they need? Another shooter or, or defender? Or what, what playmaker? What is it? Well, that's the thing, Chris, is, is how do you get all of that, right? Like, Iggy for me is the guy as well that kind of checks the boxes that you need. And I think they have to prioritize. Like, 
I, it's funny. I get a lot of texts and a lot of friends telling me they need shooting. But for me, when 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 LeBron and AD are shooting the ball well, like all, all of a sudden that percentage is way up. I mean, everyone else is pretty much you know hitting what they should. So so I think for me, it, it's not so much the shooting. Yeah, it's always nice, but I think it's more of a guy that can create a little bit when LeBron's not there, uh, that can create a little bit so LeBron is off-ball, but also can be versatile defensively. And that's why I think, you know, Iggy is that guy. I don't know, to answer your question, how how aggressive they'll be because, listen, they don't have the assets that they had the last couple of years. You know, Kuz is playing great right now, and he's a big part of what you're doing, and he's on the cheap, guys. He only makes $2 million a year. So if you're going to go get a bigger name, it's almost impossible because they don't have the trade pieces to do it. Uh, the Iggy one is, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it, that's so complicated because Memphis is sitting there going, man, we got to get something for this guy. So <laughs> I don't know how it's going to happen, but if I had to prioritize, I would think it would be wing defender slash a guy that can – that can create a little bit off a of pick and roll would be my priority, guys. Guy with some length right. that, that can kind of be a little more versatile. He's Chris Geeter McGee, the Lakers pre and post game host for Spectrum Sportsnet LA. Excellent work, man. We we really appreciate you taking out time from your vacation in Hawaii, no less, to join but, us. I told you, Chris Broussard and Kelvin, I'm getting on the phone. <laughs> appreciate it, Geeter, man. Have fun. All right, I love I'll you guys. Soon, Very, man. Uh, Thanks a lot, brother. Hey, Happy New Year. year. Happy New Year to yep. you, man. It's our last segment of the year. Let's finish strong. I'm Chris Broussard. He's Kelvin Washington, and this is the Dan Patrick Show. Happy holidays from your friends at Podcast One. Hi, everyone. It's Becca from the Lady Gang. We wanted to say thank you to all our advertisers for their support this year. We couldn't do it without you. Have a very happy holiday season. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for listening this year and have a happy and safe holiday. Hi, it's Barbara Cox. We're wishing you a happy new year. And this is Nicole. Yeah. And we're wishing you a happy holiday. Hey, everyone. It's Tina Shea from Shenanigans. Just wishing you all happy holidays and a very happy new year. Hey, guys, it's Nas and Nadia from Ladies Like Us. We want to wish our listeners a very happy holiday and say thank you to all our advertisers who support our show. We could not do it without you. Happy holidays. Hey, it's Heather and Terry Dubrow. Hello, happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Chuck, I know you love being Santa. No, I am Santa. Yeah. All day, every day. Happy, happy holidays, holidays from Adulting Like a Mother Father. Hey everyone, it's Caitlin Bristow from Off the Vine Podcast, wishing you a very happy holiday season, and thank you for all of your support this year. Tis the season of giving! And we know you're looking for gifts for your family and friends right now. So check out our amazing sponsors who bring you showmance every week for free. Give us your ears. And they'll give you awesome deals. And we will give you more of the content you love. Hey, it's Heidi Pratt. I just want to thank all of our amazing sponsors for making this show possible and every that they do so we can have this free podcast you guys every week so thank you so much to all of our awesome sponsors we love you and we really love all your products so thank you hey everybody steve austin here and i want to wish you a very happy holiday season and a happy new year and that's the bottom line five hour energy helps you get through your crazy on the go life and now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. 
It is the Dan Patrick Show. I'm Chris Broussard, alongside my man Kelvin Washington, filling in for Dan and wrapping up 2019. Happy New Year to everybody. Let's wrap it up this way, Kelvin. Let's do it. Who is your team, team of the decade in any sport? Your team of the decade. One year, not, not you know, a run, but one year. I got mine if you need to think about so, it. So, let me make sure I understand the question. So, just had a year that season in that particular team. Yeah, like, the I guess the team with the best season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you know, it. who was the best team? Like, right. I got you. You know, obviously the Astros won one. You know, the Red Sox won a World Series. The Nationals, like, but do you think that was the best team in any sport? I'm going to give you. You, you go first. Mine, yeah, you, you go first. This is this. Right. Go. You go first. I think the team of the decade was the 2016-17 Golden State Warriors. That was the first year Kevin Durant was there. Mm-hmm. They won 67 games, ran through the playoffs. And obviously it's the West, so it was tough. Portland, Utah, San Antonio, and then they met Cleveland in the finals. They went 16-1 and during those playoffs. And that Cleveland team was a good, very good team. I think that Cleveland team was probably better than the team that had won the championship the year before. With You know, they still had the same players, essentially, LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. But I think they were just more comfortable coming off the championship. Their chemistry was better. But I, I'm, I think that Warriors squad, Kevin Durant for the first time in Golden State, that was the best team of the decade in any sport. If you're going by roster, I can't argue that. And obviously, you just mentioned all the accomplishments. But I might go the Cleveland year before that, brother. Because accomplishment. Because of what they, they took out a team that won 73 games. A team that was supposed to be the greatest of all time. You had the transcendent a player in Steph Curry and... The only unanimous MVP, which I want to still smack people about that, because there was a guy named Michael Jeffrey Jordan who played basketball. Right. There are several guys that yeah. have been unanimous. Yeah. I, Steph. Somehow Steph got it. I don't know. And I've become the Steph hater, according to people. But <laughs> so the idea that they not only beat that team, they, they came back in the fashion they did, and it solidified LeBron when he said he wanted to win one for Cleveland, you know, and he won one for and the land. And to him, it made him the GOAT. Right, and he wanted to, you know, win one for the land, and he did that. And how they did it between his block and Kyrie's three, that was just, that was that was so fascinating, man. That, that was an amazing run. I'm sure there's a Patriot team or two that would have something to say with that. There was, you mentioned an Astros, but the Astros stay cheating, so I don't know if I can give that to right, them now right. that I know they're out here with devices and technology. Um <laughs> And I'm trying to think, is anybody else we left out? You you made a good point for Cleveland with all they did historically. Is Rob G bringing somebody? Uh, I don't know. Rob, you got something? Are we missing somebody? Yeah, I got one. The Red Sox team that won the World Series. They had Against the, the Dodgers? Yes. What was that 17? Yeah. 17. Yeah, that was a nice. That was good. Yeah. But I feel like they can't. They're, they're, their own 2004 success is in their way. You know, that right. team coming back. So I think, I think we think about that team more than anything. Hey, man, I Kelvin, had a great time. Great, job great today, time. Have you, a great time with the family tonight. Happy New Year. Rob G, Iowa Sam, everybody, and all you listeners out there, have a great day today. Be safe tonight, but bring in the new year with a bang. Peace! Holla.
Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. <laughs> 